day, if God is that good to us, why can't we be that good to others? While we look at people based on what they did, if he looked at us based on what we did and how we done it and when we done it, none of us would be here today. So all of us need to get over looking at what somebody did. What did you do? And you're probably still doing something you ain't got no business. And even if nobody don't see it on the outer, it's happening on the inside. So we need to quit judging people by what happens in their lives. Because I'm here to tell you, God got a plan. And he got a purpose for all of us outside of what we do or how we do it. God said, I still love you. And we should show that love regardless of what somebody does. When we look at what people do, we become haters instead of lovers. We become so judgmental. How could you? Because you know what? Sometimes we worry about how we look. It ain't about you. Because, you know, I was reading in the Bible when he was on that cross. And when they pierced him in his side and they pierced him in his hands and in his feet and they spit upon him and they ridiculed him and they talked about him. But they said he didn't say. And for some reason, when people do something wrong, we always got something to say except saying what he said. He loved them. In spite of, because you know what? All of us in this room have some things that we're doing that we should not be doing. You're you're perfect in your spirit. But this soul has to be worked on daily. Every opportunity we get, we have to remind ourselves of who we are. So we won't step into some things that we don't need to step into. And if you don't constantly remind yourself of what he done for you, you would try to get somebody to live up to your expectations instead of what he's already done. God is saying he's a forgiving and loving God. So we should quit our mess and quit looking at how people going to perceive me. It ain't about you. It's all about him because God loves us in spite of. He looked beyond our faults. And I know some of us got a lot of them. And he saw our need. He knew what we was in need of. He knew that we needed him to rescue us. So he looked beyond everything that we were doing. And said they need help. And I'm the only one that can give them what they need. We need to look at this dying world. And we need to say we know what you need. His name is Jesus. And I can only give you what he gave me. An unconditional love. That's beyond everything that you can ever do. Y'all let's quit condemning. Let's quit trying to find fault and let's look back at us and say, God, 
If it wasn't for you, where would I be? So, Father, we thank you on this morning. We thank you for being living water. We thank you for being the bread of life. God, we thank you for being everything that we need in this house on today. We thank you, God, that without you, we are nothing. God, you're the vine. We're the branches. So, God, our nourishment comes from you. So, Father God, on today, God, we want to take nourishment from your word, God. And, God, as your word, God, is spoken, we thank you that hearts and minds are open and they are receptive to receive your word right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every mind-boggling spirit. We bind every hypocritical spirit in this place in the name of Jesus. We bind every hindering spirit, God, that will come in here to try to oppose, God, what you have for your people in Jesus' name. And now, God, I apply the blood from the top of our head to the soles of our feet in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit, which is our helper and which is our teacher on today. And, Father God, I bind every attack. Against our bodies on today. I bind every sickness and every disease right now in Jesus' name. And I command healing right now in Jesus' name. You said healing is the children's bread. You sent your word and you have healed us. You have delivered us from our destruction. Now, God, saturate this atmosphere, God, with you on today in Jesus' name. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. And I want to begin at verse 33. Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 33, and we want to hear what the Spirit of God has to say on this morning. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 5. Beginning at verse 33. Thank you, Father, for your word. And the word of God now read. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood up there, up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamiel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who were slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this, man rose up justice, uh, Judas, of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of man, men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. This morning, I want to talk about fighting against God. I'm going to tell you something. God is so good. He is so good, and God will give you a message out of fighting against God. Sometimes we don't realize how we fight against God. We can fight against God in in everything in life. 
Fighting against God meaning that we are opposing him. We're opposing what he wants for us. We're opposing his work. And when I was um, studying last night and I was before the Lord and you know how sometimes we get that feeling. We like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go in with this right here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, you know, meditating on it and it's making me feel so good. It's lighting me up like a Christmas tree. And I'm just so happy getting ready to go in and wrap it up. Have you ever been there? You're going in and you're wrapping it up and you'd be saying, that's all, folks, because you think you got the message that God wants his people to hear. So as I was doing that and I was going back through the scriptures because I said, you know, God, I want to hear you even the more. I want to hear more about what you want me to bring to the people. And I mean, it was getting so good. I was just visualizing everything. And all of a sudden, when I stopped talking, I heard the spirit of the Lord say, quit fighting against me. I'm like, huh? He said, that's what I want you to preach on. He said, the reason why I'm telling you this is because you're trying to present something that you feel like the people need. He said, but when I'm speaking, you're going right back to what you think the people need. He said, you're fighting against me. And when he said that, I stopped right dead in my tracks. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you want for your people? He said, I just told you. Quit fighting against me. I said, okay, if this is what you want for your people, come on, back it up with your word. I said, you know what time it is. You done changed the message, so you fix it. And Lord knows, didn't he fix it? Isn't God so good? See, when we don't fight against him and we be still and hear what he has to say, God will set you up. I'm going to say, Deacon Newton, he sought me up. And he meant it for my good, and he's doing it today for your good. Because God said, what's happening? The body of Christ is fighting against him. The body of Christ is coming against, opposing what God want to do, opposing the work of the Lord. And some people say, how can you say I'm fighting against him? Because when God brings a word in this house or God brings a word somewhere else and you begin to talk down that word and you begin to say, that's not what God is saying. That's not how God, you are coming against what God is doing because God spoke the word to me or he spoke it to somebody else. It is not for you to bring down what God is raising up. And God said, this is happening in churches. And he began to take me through Acts chapter 5. And y'all know the beginning of Acts chapter 5. It talked about Ananias and Sapphira. And how they lied to the Holy Ghost. And both of them died from lying to the Holy Ghost. But then it begins to say how the apostles. It said, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. For they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. So what was happening here, God had given the apostles a commission. When he left to go be with the father, he was telling the apostles, this is what I want you to do. I want you to carry on this work. I want you to carry on what I have taught you, what I have commissioned you to do. He said, I'm putting all of this in your hands. He said, I want you to give the people what I have given you. I want them to observe everything that I have given you. And then he said, lo, I'll be with you always, even until the end. But he said, I want you to carry on this work. So the apostles were carrying on what he commissioned them to do. 
And as they were carrying it on, signs and wonders began to follow them. People began to see God in the midst of them. And this is the same thing that Jesus done. After they done all this, it was saying that the people that was around them, they did not join with them. Even though they were not coming up against them, these people, they had many believers that was around them. But it was some that was around them did not want to join with them. Let's read that verse. And I like what this verse is saying. Saying in verse 13, I'm going to read it out the expanded Bible. It says, none of the others dared to join them, but, or even though all the people respected, praised, highly regarded them. So it was saying that, I'm going to read this one here. It said, and none of them who were of their number dared to join and associate with them. So this is what's happening. People that are outside of the body of Christ, they're hearing the good news. They're seeing the signs and they're seeing the wonders, but they're not joining in or associating with us, with the believers. But they saw the signs. They saw the wonders. Why? Because people that are around you don't want people to know that I'm grabbing hold to what God is bringing through you. So even though they wouldn't join them, guess what? When you're not joining in and when you're not causing havoc, you're still not getting what God wants you to have. So they were around them, but they would not join them. They would not associate with them. It's so many people that see what Miracle Temple is doing. It's so many people that see what the other um, churches are doing, but they will not join them or associate with them because they don't want to look different. Even though they know the word is being preached, it's being proclaimed, they say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to stir up anything, but I'm not going to join in with them. People that don't join in and don't associate is because they're not ready to leave what they're doing or how they're doing it. So this is what was happening with the apostles. And it said that the believers, it was more believers, a multitude of men and women, they were at it. But then they began to see healing. Even with uh, Peter's shadow, they began to be healed. They were bringing the sick. They were beginning to be healed. So this commission that he gave them was taking place. He was with them. They were seeing God's wonders. They were seeing God's signs. But then it goes on to say, there was a multitude. Listen at this in 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem. They were bringing the sick folks, the ones that was vexed. They said they were healed. But verse 17 is where I want to go. Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the, sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. That means they were filled with jealousy. They were filled with ravelry. They were already full of these things. And when they saw the power of God moving, I'm going to tell you what's happening. When people are around you that's supposed to know the Lord just like you know him, they may have their different ways of doing things, but they don't want you to be exalted. And it's not you being exalted. It is God being exalted through you. So they became very jealous over the apostles. They became their right became their enemies, meaning that they were getting ready to oppose what just happened. So when you're out there and you're doing the work of the Lord and you're doing it unto him, you're going to have opposition. 
You're going to have people coming up against you, but what they don't know is they're not coming up against you. They're coming up against God. They're fighting against God. So they became very jealous. So see, when jealousy come up, it's cruel as the grave. Jealousy will even try to kill you because jealousy want to stop what you're doing for the Lord. So they were very jealous. So what did they do after they did this? They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. Now look at here. I'm going to use this. We may not have seen some of the people being put in prison, a little uh, a prison. But when you're doing a work for the Lord and you know you're doing that work unto the Lord, people can put you in a prison in your mind. They can oppose you so much that the enemy will come against you so much and make you feel like you ain't worthy to do the work of the Lord. You might as well stop what you're doing. Nobody don't want to hear what you got to say. So the enemy can imprison you so much in your mind that you just stop what God has told you to do. But it said when they put them in the prison, how many of y'all know the work of the Lord cannot be stopped? It cannot be stopped. So they put them in prison, but my Bible said an angel came in the midst of that prison and told them to go out and continually do the work of the Lord, continually speak the message that um, Jesus had given unto them. So I'm encouraging you today, when you know you're doing a good work unto the Lord, don't you come down. Don't you worry about how people perceive you or what people say about you. Don't allow the enemy to tear you down. Begin to build yourself up and say, God, you called me to this. God, you chose me for this. And God, I'm not going to come down like Nehemiah said. I'm doing a great work. So why should I come down to you? Our problem is we want friends more than we want relationship with Jesus. We want people to praise us. We want people to tell us how well we're doing in the ministry. We want people to come up to us after we um, present a sermon or after we do this or teach and say, oh man, you bought that out. Because we want some exaltation. You have to understand this is God's word. God is only using you as an instrument. He's using your mouth to proclaim his words unto his people. It is not about you. So that means when you want somebody to pat you on the back for what you doing you still in you you're still selfish because whatever you do for the Lord you're leaving you out of it and saying Lord it ain't about me it's about you it's about this dying world it's about me proclaiming what you sent me to proclaim not adding to it not taking away from it it ain't about trying to get family to like me to say the right thing so family will invite me for Thanksgiving and Christmas God it's about you It ain't about my dad. It ain't about my mother. You said even when they forsake me, you will lift me up. So God, I'm living for you. We're making it about people. We're making it about how people perceive us. So when we get around them, we're so silent. We don't want to give them what God has given us because we don't want them to take us the wrong way. But God don't want them to die in their mess. That might be the last opportunity you get to speak life into them. You can't go on what they're doing and how they're doing it. You have to rise up and allow the spirit of the living God in you to rise up and say, if you never invite me no more. I got to tell you what God is saying today. 
It is because of him I live and move and have my being. It is because of him that I'm sitting amongst you now. And I'm not going to let you leave this world like this. Because my God is a good God. And he's worthy to be praised. Some of us look more at people. Then we look at God. We look at our reputation. Jesus wasn't about reputation. We're too concerned with who's in our circle. We're too concerned with who's going to like us. Let me tell you something. People that say that like you, they really don't. Because they're going to find something about you that ain't right with you. I don't care if you put on eyelashes. They're still going to find something about you that ain't right. They're going to find your walk wrong. They're going to find your talk wrong. They're going to find your appearance. Everything about you ain't like it. Well, you need to put on a little bit of this. You need to tighten up that with a girl. You need to do something. But the day I accept Jesus, he said, baby, come just as you are. Somebody wants you to tighten up something, even your husband, even your wife. Too bad they don't make some girdles that tighten up stuff for a man. I mean, tighten it up. Because men want it right. But you forget when you take it off, everything is everywhere. They just want you to look good while you're out with them. But when you come home, everything's everywhere. See, we got to understand we're in a dying world. And the world is never satisfied. The world is never satisfied. So we're trying to please a world that's dying, a fallen world. So these disciples was bringing in what God wanted them to bring in. What Jesus would have for them to bring in. And they put them in lockdown. Some of y'all in lockdown right now. Because how you think people going to perceive you some things you won't say because you feel like they'll be mad at me now it's at times that if you done told a person you done told a person you done plan it somebody's going to come water God's going to get an increase but you got to plant and you got to allow somebody to come in and water what you planted but God will give the increase but you can't keep your mouth shut and the more you keep your mouth shut we're going to get to it But we go into how these apostles did what God told them to do. And the angel of the Lord by night, listen at this, the angel came in at night, opened the prison's doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. So they were telling them, I want you to speak the message that Jesus have given you to speak. And this is what happened. When they went in the prison, they didn't find them. They found out that they were out speaking that message. And they know what that message was. That message was a raising of a dead message. That message brought healing. That message brought deliverance. That message um, um, cured people. And it uh, cured the ones that was vexed, that had demons. They didn't want them to speak that. The reason why, because they knew when they were speaking in that name, the people were going to turn to that name and they're the ones that they wanted the people to come to so as they were speaking I'm going to verse 25 then came one and told them saying 
Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. See, they didn't want the people to be taught. And this is what's happening in the churches today. People within the church will oppose your teaching. They will oppose it because, see, the enemy got to use whomever he can. We're all one body. We're supposed to be there for one another. We're supposed to be in unity. We're supposed to be on one accord. So when I'm down, you're supposed to lift me up. When you're down, I'm supposed to lift you up. When you're going through, I'm going through. Why? Because we're part of that one body. When God raises you up, when God bless you, I'm blessed. Why? Because we all one in Christ. I'm not jealous because you got a house and I'm still living in an apartment because it was your time to get the house. God have a plan and a purpose for all of us. I'm not jealous because God ordained you. He made you an apostle. He made you an evangelist. He made you a prophet, pastor, teacher. I'm not jealous because I know that wherever God want me to be in the body of Christ, he's going to place me in that body to where he want me to be. So we need to get over title. We need to get over. I should have been there and they shouldn't be there. You are where God wants you to be at this time. God knows that you need some more work. He said, I'm the potter. You are the clay. I'm molding you. I'm shaping you into the image that you need to be in. This is what get me. People are so toe up in the house of God because people choose positions for people. And that's not the position that God want those people in. I don't care how well you know the Bible from the front to the back, from the back to the front. That don't mean you're a pastor. Just because you know the word, people classify people as pastors because they can spit out a word of God. But you don't even qualify to be one. Your house is tore up. You can't even run your house. So do you think God's going to put you in his house to run it? You don't even pay your bills. So do you think God is going to put you over a church to mess up the church? God line you up first. So we see that when all of this was happening and they want to shut them down. And this is what they said. This is the funny part. They said, verse 27. And when they had bought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them. Saying, did we not strictly command you? Now listen at this. That you shall not teach in this name. Who they think they are? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Mm. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So they said, basically, you making us look bad. And you think we're going to have that? You making them look down on us. So we told you don't teach in this name no more. I like their answer. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. This is how it's supposed to be in the church. You don't go on what other people are saying if it's coming against the word of God. You go on what God is saying. Just like that prophet, when God told him, he said, This is what I want you to do. He said, I don't want you to go back the way you came. I don't want you to even sit at the table and eat with them. He was obedient to God. But when another prophet come on the scene, he felt like that prophet was okay to go eat at his table. But God gave him a command. 
Don't go back the same way you came. Don't even eat and drink with them. But no, a prophet, he came before him and he telling them, come to my house, a lying prophet. And soon as he sat at the table, God is so good. He waited until he did eat. He waited until he did everything he told him not to do. Then that prophet began to speak back the word of God that he told him beforehand. And he ended up dying. See, our problem is we want to listen to other people. But what did God say? See, if you have a relationship with God, if God say, this is what I want you to do, you don't do what they tell you to do. I don't care how many titles they got in front of their name because you heard God for yourself. That's what I like about the book of Nehemiah. No matter how they came at, uh, come at Nehemiah, Nehemiah didn't come off of what God told him. He didn't come off of the work of God. God said, why are you coming off my work? Why are you stopping doing what I'm telling you to do? Because your friend think you need to be doing this at this time. This is why people are leaving churches. Because people are telling them you should be doing this by now. You come to our church and they'll put you in position quick. This is your destiny. Why is apostle still got you sitting down like you don't know the word? Like she the only one that know the word. Like she the only one that can speak into somebody's life. It's in you. But what did God tell you? Did God tell you to do that? See, our problem is we listen to man so much. And don't even have relationship with God the way we need to. We take what they're saying. But I'm telling you something. When you be still. And you hear what God's saying. It don't matter what man say. Because you know what God is saying to you. I remember when me and my husband was starting in ministry. And we had it in our home. And as we had it in our home. God was moving. And the house was so full. And uh. Cars was just everywhere. All of a sudden, we got a note in the mailbox. See, when you're doing the work from the Lord, the enemy going to oppose you through somebody. The lady sent a note and told us that, what was the note? We had too many people. Don't be parking across from our house. So, see, the enemy tried to shut you down. But it was okay. But the Lord fixed it. But in the midst of what me and my husband was doing... I had invited this, this lady in and she was doing Bible studies and everything. And I only wanted her to come in for one. That was it. One led to two. Two led to three. Three led to four. And it got to the point we weren't even hearing her because we were saying, when is she leaving? So I told my husband, women, you know what we do. I invited her in, so I wanted him to get her out. So I said, listen here. You the priest of this home. Now, you need to tell this lady to leave. He looked at me. He said, you invited her in here? Now, you tell her to leave. Okay, Jesus. So I remember this. I said, Lord, show me how to handle this. Now, this is, what, this is where I'm going with how people want titles and how they allow titles to move them from what God have them to do. I remember the Lord told me, that I was an evangelist. This was when my child was sick. He said, you're an evangelist, and I'm going to send somebody to tell you what I just told you. So as I was sitting there, the lady that was in the house, she called me outside. She said, I don't normally do this, but I got to do it quick. I got to do it quick. The Lord is telling me to do it. He's telling me to ordain you right now as an evangelist, and that's what I have to do. I looked at her. I said, no, thank you, because she wasn't the one. 
I wasn't doing it because of her titles. Because she had a school. She was teaching a lot of people. My heart did not tell me to do it. So I said no because I knew God was doing a great work where I was. Even though it was in my house, that was the work that God was doing in the house. So, so many people think just because God is not in a big building that you can't be a part of what God is doing. So I had to turn that down because I know what God said to me. God didn't tell me to leave what I was doing to go somewhere else because he was raising me up the way he wanted to raise me up. He did not want me to connect with that. So that was about the last time we saw her. So what am I telling you? Don't be fooled by man. Because you can be in a good place. And the enemy want to uproot you out of that place. Because he know you're getting the nourishment that you need from the word of God. So he want to send you somewhere else to confuse you. He's going to send you somewhere else so people can oppose where you are and begin to ask questions. Where is she doing this? Is she doing that? How is she doing this? How is she doing that? That's not right. Let me tell you what the word is saying about that. Because the enemy want to uproot you. He wanted to oppose you. But the Bible says, during that time, Gamiel. See, they was listening to Gamiel because he was somebody that was great. And he began to tell them about two men. Two men that took a lot of people with them. Those two men end up dying and the people end up being scattered. We're seeing so many people that are scattered because people are joining in on things that God didn't tell them to join in on. You finding out that that man or woman of God whom you are up under, whom you say you trust, you're finding out that they're having affairs. You're finding out that they're taking money. Now people don't have nowhere to go. You better know the faithful ones. And the only way you're going to know it is through the word of God. God said, don't fight against me. Don't oppose me because if you opposing me, you are opposing God. When God is sending a word from me to you and you don't do it, you are opposing God and you got a door wide open to death. These men end up dying. The ones that took the people of God, it came to naught because it was a man. Anything that's of man and not of God is going to come to naught. Because when it's of God, even when it don't look like the money coming in, even when it don't look like the people coming in, and you still standing because you know what God said, it's not going to come to naught. Because it's not of man, it's of God. And this is what Gamaliel was saying. He said, if this is of human effort, if this is of man, it's going to come to naught. He said, but if this is of God, he said, don't oppose it. Don't fight against God because you won't win. So God is saying today, quit fighting against me because you won't win. He said, because everything that I have purpose for miracle temple deliverance ministry, it don't matter which way you come. He said, you won't win. Because God already got it planned and purpose. We're having so much going on in the churches because people are fighting against the work of God. Because they think they know everything. They're, they're whispering in people's ears and they're trying to be slick. They're trying to tell people, you know, I was reading in the word the other day and I come across something. No, you only come across it because the devil put a thought in your head. 
And you trying to find error in what I'm teaching or what somebody else up in here is teaching. You trying to find error instead of saying, God, lead me the way you will have me to go. Because if anybody is in error, you're supposed to go to that person. You don't supposed to go to other people to turn those people against that person. You go to that person and say, it's something that you said that I don't quite understand. Can you break that down to me in scripture? You don't go to everybody else and put their name out there and make people think they don't know what they're saying. Because you're fighting against God. Then God began to show me another man in the Bible, which is Paul. Y'all remember Paul? His name was Saul and he was persecuting the church. Remember how he was coming against the church and he watched them stone um, Stephen. And after he stoned Stephen, he went out and he still was persecuting the church. But there was one day when he was on his way to Damascus. Oh my goodness. And he was on his way to to Damascus and he saw a light that shone down from heaven. See, God can come in anybody's life that he choose to come into. He's knocking at the door and he's saying, let me in. So here is Saul. Saul became blind, but this is the verse I want to go to. This is what Jesus said to him in verse 5. And he said, this is Acts 9, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So Jesus was saying, if you persecuting the Christians, you're persecuting me. So we got to understand if somebody's out there doing a work for the Lord and we're coming against that person, we're coming against God. And then he began to use this. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What was he talking about? When you have an oxen, and that oxen is supposed to be going in a certain direction, and the oxen is not going in a certain direction, they had this stick, and that stick had a point at the end of it. And that point at the end of it, they would poke it in that oxen to say, you, you, you're going in the wrong direction, I keep going this way. So when that oxen would kick against them, they would stick that point in them even deeper. So what was happening with Saul? Saul had a conviction of what he was doing. He had a conviction of persecuting the church. He had a conviction of what the church was saying was right. Those disciples was bringing it on. Paul was so convicted dealing with that, but he was kicking against. He was opposing the direction that God wanted him to go in. God was calling him unto himself. So one day Jesus said, I'm going to shine a light on you, Saul, because I'm going to let you know you're kicking against me. You're kicking against the direction that I have for your life. This is why Saul fell down and say Lord he already knew what would you have me to do how many of us in this place have been kicking against the direction have been opposing God with the direction he want us to go and we feel a deep conviction within us and we know that God is speaking but we refuse to go the way God want us to go Saul was blind He had to have men to lead him, but he said, Lord, master, what would you have me to do? That's when he accepted Jesus as Lord. Sometimes we got to get in situations to understand God is calling you to himself. And this is why Paul wrote 
over one third of the New Testament. Why? Because after he gave himself to the Lord, all that false doctrine that wasn't right, God gave him revelation on what he already had. And Paul began to go in and dominate. God used him. He went through some stuff for him, but he wasn't opposing God no more. God said, quit fighting against me. Quit fighting against what I would have for your life. We fight against God because there's a flesh and spirit fight going on. The flesh is so used to material things. The flesh is so comfortable with how people perceive me with what I have. Have y'all noticed that people want attention by what they have? See me, hear me, be attached to me. People get new vehicles and people talk about that vehicle for a while. But after a while, it ain't no more talking about that vehicle. You just driving it. Or you may get a new house and people talk about that new house for a while. But after a while, people ain't talking about that house no more, right? So you made all of these things your God. You looked up to all of these things and it was the talk of the town. But after that died down, you got to go get something else material. You got to go get something else where people will look at you the way you want them to look at you. So guess what? God is saying, don't get that. God is saying, get rid of that. God is saying, that ain't for you. That's for somebody else. How long are you going to hold this when I told you to give it to that one? We oppose God when we don't obey what he tell us to do. We oppose God when God is coming to you and saying, don't do that. He's telling you for a reason. Something may not be going on in your life today, but God is seeing further down the road. And he's saying, the moment that you get it, you're going to go through some trial. You're going to go through some stuff for what you got that I did not tell you to get. It brings on stress. It brings on sickness. You don't know if you're going to have a job from this day to that day. Don't touch it but we feel good because we feel like I can conquer the world you opposing God when God keep telling you not to and you keep doing it you bring in death and destruction on yourself God love you so much he'll have somebody to call you and say God had me on your mind and God said don't do what you're getting ready to do then you get off the phone and say, well, God, why can't I do it? Everything's already set up. Everything is already approved. Why you won't let me do it? Because I said not to. But then we do it. Later on down the road, you find out that you can't even keep up with what you've done. We're opposing God. So Saul, known as Paul, he didn't oppose God no more. He didn't fight against him. He joined in with him with the good news and the gospel. God is saying, church, quit opposing what God is doing in this house. Quit coming against what God is doing in this house. Because whatever God give me for this house, he gave it to me. He didn't give it to you. I'm carrying out his orders for this house. You may not like how I'm carrying it out, but that's between me and God. And what you need to do is say, what can I do to help you? To carry out what God has given you. It may not be the way you want it to be. It may not sound like you want it to sound. But it's what God is telling me to do. It ain't for you to say. God didn't tell you that. Then God began to show me. God is doing something y'all. He's doing something. He's changing things. Because we got another year that we going into. And this is what God is saying. Go to 2 Corinthians 13. In 2 Corinthians 13, this is about Jeroboam and Abijah. 
Abijah and Jeroboam supposed to have been coming together. But what happened was Jeroboam was opposing Abijah. And in the Bible, it says that Abijah had only, um, they were in battle, they were in war against each other. Abijah had 400,000 chosen men. Jeroboam had 800,000 and chosen men being mighty men of valor. So it looked like Jeroboam had more than Abijah. So this is what Abijah was saying to Jeroboam. See, what Jeroboam was doing, he was serving other gods. He was serving Belial. And what he was doing, he was taking the priests that God had put in place. He was taking them out of place and putting priests and other people in place that was from other nations. This is what God was sharing with me. He said, this is what the church is doing. The church is taking out of place what I have put in place and putting ungodly men in place that I have not chosen to be in that place. And this is why churches are messed up. Because Jeroboam come up in there and he began to have them to worship other gods. And Abijah was speaking on God's behalf. And this is what Abijah began to do when they began to go at war. He began to tell him in verse 10. He said, but as for us, the Lord is our God. We have not forsaken him and the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron and the Levites wait upon their business. So he was telling what they did for the Lord. And verse 12 said, and behold, God himself is with us for our captains and his priests with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord, God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. Guess what happened? Remember, Abijah only had 400,000. Jeroboam had 800,000. Guess what? Jeroboam them got their behinds whipped. Because they were coming against what God was doing. They were opposing. Jeroboam coming in and begin to change things. Do we see people now in churches coming in to change things? To change things the way they want them to be, not the way that God set them up. This is what's happening. They're bringing the world in the church. They're fighting against God. They're opposing God. They're not coming into alignment with what God is saying. Do you think that's going to last? No. So what God is saying, even in this coming up year, the ones that's fighting against God, that's opposing God, they are coming down. Because God will always win. So God said he want us to stand doing all he said continue to stand because whatever work that God has put in your hand no matter what the persecution is no matter how you getting talked about God says stand because you shall prevail because he said I'm fighting the battle for you. So don't come off of the work. Don't you come down when you know you're doing a great work. Stand. Doing all. Stand. Don't even wait on people. Some of y'all are waiting on people to invite you to come somewhere and speak on the behalf of God. I'm here to tell you, your pulpit is right out there in the grocery store. Only thing you got to do is go in the grocery store and begin to decree and declare what God is saying. Come on to Jesus. Healing can take place in the grocery store. It can take place in the mall. It can take place wherever you go. You do not need a pulpit. You are the pulpit. Stand upright for God. People want to come behind the pulpit to be someone special. You got to be raised up for this pulpit. You can't just stand here on your own accord. You stand in here because God put you here. If God put you here, nobody can move you from here. That's why we shouldn't have a vote in and voting out in church. Congregation should not vote somebody in they don't know nothing about. 
word of God. The disciples chose those deacons. Why? Because all of them was on one accord. The apostles gave them permission to choose seven. That's among you, full of the Holy Ghost, full of a good report, full of the faith. Those are the ones I want you to choose. But they still had to bring them to the apostles for the okay. It ain't no time for no congregation to be voting people in and voting them out. When they don't even know what they're doing, they're just coming off the street just to pick who they want to pick. See, we're opposing God. We're fighting against God in in every area. But God is saying now, y'all, it's time for us to come down. It's time for us to do what God wants us to do. And whomever God put in place, we should hold up their hands. We should pray for them. We should say, God, whatever you have for them to do, whatever your will is for them, God, I thank you that they're doing it, God. Whatever spirits are coming against them that's opposing them, that's stopping them from doing this work, God, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over their home, over their material stuff, everything that the enemy is coming in trying to stop, Father God, that he will not be able to stop. See, what's happening to prayer in the house of God? We quit praying for one another because our minds are so much on us. Our prayer is always about us and our family. We should go beyond us. Because when you're in relationship with God, it ain't about you no more. It's all about what he wants. So God said, quit opposing me. Quit coming against what I'm doing. Let me do what I need to do amongst you. Let me manifest myself in the midst of you and that that you don't understand. And all you're getting, get understanding. So we need to understand what's going on around us instead of talking against it. We need to say, God, help me to understand because I don't know. But God, you know all things. God has a way of doing things past our finding out. So I'm learning, y'all, whatever God is doing, God, do what you do. And what you will have me to do, that's what I'll do. I'm not going nowhere else and try to do no more than what God would have me to do. Quit opening up doors that God didn't open up. Quit trying to shut doors that God did not shut. Because I'm telling you, Miracle Temple, God is doing a great work up in here. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going back. The Holy Spirit is reminding me, wherever you go, you should be that pulpit. You should be that mouthpiece. And me and my daughter and my husband, we was on our way back. Well, we was on our way going to Smithfield. She was on her way coming from Chapel Hill. And we met. And we was up in this uh, mall. And we was in this store. And it was a young girl in the store. Sort of young girl. And I asked her to help me with something. And out of the blue, she said, just start talking. She said, all of us. She said, I've been having a headache all day long. And. I just don't know what's going on. I said, well, did you eat today? She said, yes, I ate. I said, well, let me tell you something. I got something for that headache. I said, do you want what I have for that headache? She said, yes. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to believe that that headache stops right now in Jesus' name. Now, she's sitting right there in the aisle, and I'm just saying, in the name of Jesus. So after we done that, and she went off, all of a sudden, she come back, and she Come past me, and the Lord began to speak again. I said, come here, come here. God want me to tell you this. And as God started ministering, tears just rolled down from her face, and she stood there and couldn't even open her mouth. 
After God finished, she wiped her face and just walked off. But before she walked off, I say, you know what? Anytime that you're in our area, here, here's my card. Stop by. End of it. We never know what people are going through. But God knows. We got to be accessible wherever we go for whoever we need to be accessible for on his behalf. It wasn't about me. It was all about him. I could have been fighting against God and say, oh, let her go on about her business. I ain't got time for that. Come find me these shoes, girl. But no, I stopped and said, wait a minute. God want to say this to you. And she was so silent, nothing else come out of her mouth. She took the word and she left. Y'all, let's quit playing church. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of hypocrites in the church. I'm tired of people telling people one thing and they're going out and living another. Because if we're going to live a life of Christ, we want to do it according to the Bible. We don't want to tell people, oh, how we love Jesus, but we do on what the world do. And that's not showing the love of God. You are coming against God when God said don't and you do what he's telling you not to do. God has even given us a way that when we mess up, we repent, we turn from that way and we go on about our business because when we go back to that way, we oppose him what he told us in the beginning. Do not come against him because you won't win. Because you will always come back to that same situation. God is saying, church, I'm telling you, we got some opposers in the house. God didn't bring this message for nothing. He didn't change this message for nothing. He's saying, quit opposing me. Quit fighting against me. What you don't understand, get understanding of it. You're not hurting me. You're coming against him. And it won't work. It's time now, y'all. To do what God is calling you to do. Stay in your lane. Because we're one in the body of Christ. We're helpers of one another. What I'm doing is helping you. And what I give you, you're helping somebody else. Because all of us are a mouthpiece for God. So quit fighting against God. Because you're going to see in 2020, the ones that's fighting against the work of the Lord, They're coming down because God is raising up those that have stood, those that were persecuted, those that would not be moved. You're going to see people coming in in droves saying, what must I do to be saved? I want something real. Your testimony have not changed. I've been watching you over the years and you've been saying the same thing. Quit opposing God and the ones that want to oppose God, I don't have to remove you. God will do it. And it's going to be some moving and some shaking going on. So when you look around and you don't see whom you used to see, it ain't because I moved them, it's because God moved them. Because change is coming in this house. Because God want a remnant who's going to stand in the midst of opposition Who's going to do what God tell them to do? I look at it like this. If God ain't planted you in here, you're going to be uprooted. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. But if God planted you, you ain't going to be moved by false doctrine, by false teaching. You're going to continue to stand. 
And you're going to tell them what God is saying. So quit fighting against God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, quit fighting against God. You won't win. Say, it's not about you. It's all about him. Say, it is time to do what God commissioned you to do. Go make disciples of men. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise.